This is Alien. You are with Sigourney Weaver aboard the spaceship Nostromo. All right, Aerosmith has taken the stage. Whoa, check out Steven Tyler's hat. Okay, L.A., crank it up, because we're getting ready to rock on this exclusive live broadcast. Tonight's story of the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. It wasn't long before Walt's innovative imagination began enchanting the world. Through the animated characters and films he inspired, Walt Disney showed us that dreams really do come true. W Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 462, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to Walt Disney World, but I want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic with the podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this week, we are going to celebrate the 21st annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival live from the promenade in World Showcase with my family guide to food and wine. Because the festival isn't just for adults or mom and dad, and we're going to share how and why families can and should enjoy the event together. We're going to discuss five things you didn't know you could do, five things you have to do and see, and of course, five things you have to taste as we sample and review our own top five food, drinks, and desserts. So whether you visit alone, with friends, or with your family, there are helpful tips and ways to get the most out of your time at Epcot. And remember, don't listen hungry. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information about upcoming Meets of the Month, special events, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. had to describe my perfect day in Walt Disney World, in typical recovering attorney fashion, I would have multiple answers, starting with wandering through the Magic Kingdom uh, on a simple, cool day, just enjoying the classic attractions. But let's be honest, a perfect day for Lou Mangiello at Walt Disney World is wandering a nearly empty promenade during the 21st annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, preferably with a loaded up gift card. Because there is so much to eat and do and see and experience and eat and eat. It is truly, for me, uh, the most wonderful time of year. And a lot of times, I think, when we talk about the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival now experiencing its 21st year, so now it's legal, I think a lot of people say, this is a great thing to do with your spouse, with your, your girlfriend, with your friends. And it's perceived by a lot of people, including people I, I met earlier this week, as almost uh, 
not an adults only, but something that's really geared more towards adults. And as a parent, I have really come to find that it is a lot more family friendly than you think. And that's why this week, here, live-ish, at the Food and Wine Festival, I'm going to give you my family guide to the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. More specifically, my family five guide. And what I mean by that is, I'm going to teach you five things you didn't know about the Food and Wine Festival, possibly. Five things you need to do or see. And, of course, five things you need to taste. And because it is a family-friendly guide... I couldn't do it without my friendly family. And so in no particular order other than reverse eight. Well, if I do ladies first, I, well, either way, we're going to go youngest to oldest. So, Deanna, <laughs> see what I did there, right? Yeah, exactly. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I need to earn myself some uh, some points. And the uh, the young, the beautiful, the wonderful Marion Rose Mangello. Hello. And last, certainly not least... The man, the myth, the legend that is Nicholas. I play Pokemon Go every day. <laughs> yeah, if you're a Pokemon Go fan, uh, obviously Walt Disney World is, uh, you are not the only one who's playing Pokemon Go here. But look, we are here not for the Bulbasaur or whatever it's called. We're here for the food and wine. And if you have listened to the show over the years, you can see I am raising a family of foodies. And this is one of the events that, especially as locals, we love coming to. And as many times as we've been here, I think that we continue to learn. And I know for people, especially who may be even first-timers, and first-timers with families, there's a lot, I think, that they don't know. And let's sort of talk about the idea that it's family-friendly. Because I think, you know, we obviously come here always together and I think we've heard from other people too that say well this isn't really a place to kids for kids but we have found just the opposite yeah it's definitely a place that you can bring your family which more so during the day which is awesome because it's not as crowded number one and there's definitely so much to see and experience with your kids during the day. Yeah. And that's actually number one. So let's sort of, I, I, I wanted to break this down into little mini lists, and they're lists of five, which usually end up being ten. And the first thing is, is five things you maybe didn't know that you need to do, and planning ahead is obviously critical. And, and I think a lot of people say, well, I just go in, I'll get my book, and I'll just wander, graze my way around the promenade, which is normally how I do it. But I think if you're coming, especially with kids, I think you have to plan ahead. And look, getting here early, I think, is the, the most important tip, especially if you can come... Well, look, my first tip would be to come during weekdays, if you can. If you're local, pick up the kids after school, it is a lot less crowded, uh, and certainly if you can come later in the year, maybe, like, you know, we're recording this near the end of September, and it's still about 99.99 degrees. 200 degrees. Yeah, that's that's how it feels. Um, but when you come here with your kids, again, I think you, you we need to make them part of the experience. So as much as you have to hold me back from running over to the promenade to start eating, I think going to the Festival Center and the Welcome Center at the old Wonders of Life Pavilion to get your passport, sign up for some of the different uh, demos or sessions that are going to be there, and really sit in the air conditioning and review the book in advance. And we actually did this in the car as opposed to uh, waiting till we got here, but we sort of made a, a must-try list. And I think this is what, it's a way to get your, your kids involved too, is by letting them be participants in the experience. We all went through the book and I told you each to pick your top three items that you wanted to try this year. So the other thing too is, I know Lou's going to talk about this a little bit later, but 
they actually gave you a nice option this year that are really that are kid friendly foods, especially if you have kids that don't want to experience like the, the stuff that's odd. Um, they have a more um, like a menu that's more geared towards children, and they have little pairs next to everything that the kids would like. The other thing too is you can go when you're on the promenade and you're doing the countries. Every country has the most wonderful thing: the kid cot stops, and you know the kids can get involved there while you you know you can go get your food, then go over to the kid cot stop, have the kids color and get their name written in the you know by the language that the country is in. So it gives them the experience also of doing something fun while you're here eating and. Right, but even before you start, and the nice thing too is if you happen to be at Epcot, you know, maybe in the future world one day, you can grab a passport, take it back to your room at night, and go through it with your kids. So, guys, in the car, I gave each of you a passport, and you went through. Don't tell me what it is. Don't no spoiler alert yet. But it was kind of neat to sort of get a preview as to what's to come without having to walk all the way around the promenade first, then say, "Oh, I want to go back and try X." Yeah, I think it's really important to plan what you want to get. Um. Yeah. <laughs> You're, Marion's hungry, so she's like, "Look, less talk, more walk. Keep eating." All right. So, just a couple of let's quickly go through this because I know you're all anxious to get to the good stuff, which is the food. Uh, something that actually was introduced last year, which I think is really neat too. Um, obviously, you, we all, you know, for the most part, have smartphones. Maybe your kids do too. Uh, if you are on Facebook, um, Disney actually partnered with Facebook last year for a new. Food and Wine Festival experience, and once you're inside the park, uh, something called Facebook Place Tips will actually help you navigate through the festival, and it actually has pop-up notifications with menus, recipes, which are awesome, so you can take some of these ideas or foods that you like and make them at home. Marion, I know, is the little resident chef in my house. Uh, if you have friends who are here, it'll automatically share their photos with you, um, and you don't need to download anything. All you need to do is enable notifications on your phone, and then uh, the Facebook Place Tips will appear at the top of the news feed within the mobile app. So just turn on Bluetooth and location services, and then enable the Facebook Place Tips as you wander through the... the and this is the first time we're going to be trying it this year. So the other thing, too, um, I don't know if Lou's going to touch on it later, but I'm going to touch on it now, is something fun to do with the kids here, too, is you get a map. And you go through the promenade, and at each kiosk, there's a Remy hidden. So that's a fun thing to do, to, like, to look for the Remy with your kids and give them something to do while you're fooding around. Look at you, spoiling alert, getting getting later on down the list. <laughs> again, they're trying to rush through the list because they want to... I'm trying to occupy the children. So, and, and again, that's part of what it is. There are things, the idea of talking about it in the terms of it being family-friendly is that there aren't a lot of things to do, especially... For kids Now, look, my kids are mini foodies, and we have always introduced them to the idea of try something once. If you don't like it, fine, but, but don't say you don't like it until you try it. But they actually have, and if you get your festival passport on page six, they have things that are things especially for kids. And the first thing on the list is foods that are kid-friendly because it's not just for mom and dad. And if you look for a little pear symbol, you can the kids can actually sort of check off in the book we're used the stickers that are now included this year, uh, the little pear stickers. And as you try some of the kid-friendly items, you have your own way to sample uh, around. Now, again, you guys being foodies, it, you guys don't like ordering off the kids' menu. You're like, oh, kid-friendly foods. No, no, no. Get me right to the escargot. Right, Nicholas? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the Kid Cuts Fun Stops, and what's nice about that is it gives them something to do. It gives them something to look forward to at each of the kiosks. And each of the 11 World Showcase 
permanent pavilions that are here has a kid cut fun stop so they can do a craft while they're there too. It gives mom and dad a chance to digest a little bit and to walk it off. And like you said, there's the hide and squeak. Now, have you guys ever done this before, the hide and squeak experience? Yeah, we did it last year. It was actually pretty fun because I like looking for all like the little statues. So explain how it works. So pretty much throughout um, the countries and World Showcase, um, there's a Remy hidden in each country, and um, you get a little, um, like I guess, like packet or paper that you get to mark down all the Remy's that you see. And once you get them all, you, I guess, win. Right. So you you actually look for, and there are little physical Remy's that are hidden in each of the, you know the little uh, the little statues. And then if you return your map to the Redemption Center by November 14th you actually get a little surprise, which is compliments of Chef Remy. So there's a little payoff at the end, too, in addition to finding each of the Remy's that are hidden. All right, a couple of other quick things. Um, I think this is not just a, an idea about going with family, but I think sometimes, look, I, sometimes there's advantages to go to Disney alone, but I think food is more fun when you go with friends and when you go with family. I think being able to share and sample, and I think the, the ratio when you're not dining with me is... I think one dish can be sampled or shared by maybe two to three, maybe four people, but it gives you an opportunity just to have a single forkful without getting full halfway around the promenade. And you can make it a game, too. So what we've done, too, is as we've gone and sampled, we've sometimes gone back and said, all right, what's our top five or our um, our top ten list? And then sort of come up with what was the best thing that you had during food and wine each year. So some of the best stuff that I've had in food and wine. No, wait. No, no, wait, we're not there yet. <laughs> I can tell you right now. You guys are worse than me. All right, very quickly, a couple of things you need to know is, especially when you come with family, um, it's easy to spend more than you expect. So budgeting is key, and I think the best way to, to, to budget, look, it's like a kid in a candy store is like Lou at food and wine. Even at 5 or $6 per item, it's easy to let that get away from you. Um, on average... Uh, it's estimated that people spend about $100 a day. You could multiply that by 10 in, in lieu dollars. But I think the best way to do it is to create a budget, load up the gift card, which is available at all the merchandise locations. Um, you can reload them later if you need to, but it's a lot more convenient. It's a neat little keepsake. And I think starting last year, if you buy the um, the gift card and load $200 up with it, you actually get a special souvenir lanyard like with a giant gold medal like as if you could win the the food and wine marathon that's what you get right you get a limited release disney gift card for worth two hundred dollars and then you get the uh lanyard um that you get to bring you know you can put your your card in there and wear it all around the key the something else too that i think has only been around for maybe the last two years, and, if, and, and this is, I think it's fun and a really good way to budget, is the uh, Food and Wine Festival Tasting Sampler. And this, again, it encourages you to taste your way around the world. You have, you have a custom credential with food and beverage entitlements of your choice at all the different marketplaces. If you want eight food and beverage entitlements... It's $59 per guest. If you want 16, it's 109. So you know exactly how many items you have and you know exactly where it is that you're going to budget. And those are available at the Festival Center, uh, the bridge kiosks, and the boutique located between Japan and Morocco. You also, you also need to know that if you're an annual pass holder and you come here three times, you get this amazing keepsake etched glass. Yeah. And now 
you used to have to come and stand in line and get your passport stamped. Well, now they use the ticketing system so that it proves that you're here three times. Then you go into one of the pavilions and you pick up your free glasses. So the other thing, too, I think is maybe something that you you might not have known or or you probably do know but maybe haven't done before that I really recommend. And maybe this year, next year, I'll have to do a, a special segment about it or review one specifically. But I think there are so many learning opportunities. If you've listened to the show before, you know I think one of the the best ways to learn about a culture is through its food. But there are so many different culinary demonstrations. I think this year there are 250 chefs from around Disney. There's food and wine seminars. You can really learn not just how to enjoy and taste them, but... um, there are uh, wine seminars. There are cooking seminars as well. You do need to purchase these in advance, or you can go to the Festival Center to find out more. So, all right, let's quickly get into five things that I think you have to do and have to see while you're here. And this is something that I have never done before, but I think we're going to make... If you, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat, but you can't have your chocolate if you don't have your food. We are going to go to the chocolate experience from Bean to the Bar at the Festival Center where you get where you get to check out some amazing chocolate sculptures. I mean, they are edible works of art, which you can't eat. But get this, there are free samples from Ghirardelli. Okay, well, first of all, after I just heard that... Did I have you a chocolate or free samples? Uh, both. And second, may I just add that when we were picking out what we really wanted to try um, in the car, I didn't know that we weren't supposed to pick more than one dessert, so I had a limit of five. One of them um, was an actual food, and the other ones were all desserts, so guilty. (laughs) So uh, the other thing, too, are, especially if you're here whether you're a local or if you're on vacation, um, take advantage of some of the different premium events that are available. Uh, There are food and wine, uh, celebrity chefs, tasting dishes um, prepared just for the event. And not only here at Epcot, but like I was at a few weeks ago at the Boathouse and at some of the resorts, the Rockin' Burger block party was amazing. Okay, so we did that last (laughs) year, and it was absolutely amazing. They had like... I don't know, something crazy like 50 different... There were, no, there were 16 because I ate oh. one of each. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what don't judge me. I felt like 50, okay? And it's it's a great experience. It's a ticketed event, but it's if, if you're in the area and you have the time to do it. The other thing that I absolutely love is Party for the Senses. That's definitely a must-do while you're here. I mean, take the opportunity, pay the ticket. It is an experience that you will never forget. Yeah, we might have to do that again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I, I believe Party for the Senses uh, is for... Th- 13 and up or, or 16 and up. But, uh, oh, now all of a sudden. <laughs> but I think, you know, look, and I think especially with your family and with kids, we're talking about doing this as a family-friendly experience. Look, I think that um, adventure is out there, right? There are 400-plus different food and wine opportunities here. So I think this is the, the time and the place to be adventurous. Like, you know, our kids aren't relegated to only wanting to eat peanut butter and jelly and chicken nuggets before because we have exposed them deliberately to so many different foods <laughs> this is the place to do it right so who wants to try some haggis me yeah i say that's the right answer and then if you don't like it at least you can say that you did it and the investment is what two to maybe seven dollars per, per pavilion but you know try it you you yeah. might like it you know give it to mikey he eats everything um let me just tell you that if you don't try things, then you'll never eat them because when I was little, 
I never wanted peanut butter, and now I like peanut butter because I tried it. I was scared. Right, but and this is Nicholas. Isn't this like a great place to at least say, you know, I've never had this before, or this type of exotic food, and you can at least take a little sample. If you don't like it, at least you can say you tried it. I think it's a great place to just say I've tried it and I like it, I love it, or I don't like it. And in the past, you guys have tried. So in the let's try and think back. In the past, what is something that is sort of wild or exotic that you've tried here that you didn't think that you like, but you really ended up enjoying? I can think of a couple already. Um, I didn't actually try it here, but I know they have it here this year um, or something like it. Um, on the cruise, for the first time, I tried duck. And it was really good. So yeah. And they do have they have some very delicious Daffy Donald uh, duck here. Nicholas, what about you? Because I, I know that you, like me, are a very adventurous eater. So I'm right now. I'm so hungry. I can't remember. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> yes. But is there anything? So I know when we were on the way here, as you were going through the book, was there anything that that um, you felt was pretty exotic or adventurous that maybe you never tried or even heard of before? I think the Korean-style barbecue beef with steamed rice and and cucumber kimchi sounds really good, and it really sounds exotic. See, I love that, because I think that's something that, you know, when we talk about kid-friendly menu items, the spicy Korean beef is probably not on it. But the wonderful thing is, it's just a few dollars, you can try it, and at least you can say that you like it or don't. And then who knows, you and all of us might be introduced to something that we had never done before. So I think um, the fact that you can be adventurous is is really important. And as we said, on page six of the guide, you'll, you'll see that there's that pear icon. And as you go through, you'll find some, some items created by the chefs that are meant to be kid-friendly. So there isn't anything too spicy, too exotic for a kid-friendly palate. And I think the last thing, too, in terms of things you need to do, and this is not just for families and kids, but for adults as well, is sometimes you need to get away from it all. Sometimes, uh, I don't necessarily recommend getting here at 11 o'clock at night and trying to stay till 10 o'clock at night and eating and certainly not uh, drinking your way around the world. I am not uh, an, an advocate of that. Anything in moderation except the food is really good. But I think trying to find some peaceful spots along the way and throughout the day to rest and recharge not just your phone but your own internal batteries Uh, certainly if you are a DVC member the new DVC lounge at the top of the Imagination Pavilion is a great way to get away but there's plenty of shady spots like where we're standing now getting into the air conditioning so in uh, I was going to call it Communicore but in Interventions um, behind where Starbucks is and the uh, character meet and greet area they do have some tables set up in there as well if you have a Chase credit card you can relax in the Chase Lounge which is upstairs at the American Adventure Uh, and even getting into attractions like the American Adventure Pavilion making sure especially when it's warm on days like today um, you sort of rest and recharge your batteries because you don't want the kid or spouse meltdown at, at 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night uh, on your way to the monorail after illuminations. All right, I know you guys are hungry. It, this is torture that we're uh, walking and not eating. All right, so in the car, I gave you each a passport, and you wrote down your three to five items that you wanted to try for the first time or eat again. Nicholas, we're going to go to you. First, you put the Kahlua pork slider with sweet and sour dole, pineapple chutney, and spicy mayonnaise. You are my son. It is a Chew recommended, which is something new this year, too. The Chew TV show has recommendations next to certain items. Now, is that something you've had before or want to try for the first time, or is it just memories of Hawaii that you're trying to get back? I just want to try it for the first time. I love spicy things. 
and I'm ready to eat it. So I want you to know, I'm, I'm hoping you don't like that. Why? B- because I want to eat it. Because I want to finish it for him. One of your other items is over at, obviously, desserts and champagne. You don't want champagne, but you actually happen to pick one of the kid-friendly items, which was the non-alcoholic soda float with vanilla soft serve. They have Coke, grape Fanta, strawberry Fanta, or Barks root beer. I have a feeling you're a Barks root beer kind of guy. Yeah, root beer is my thing, bro. But they also have a hard soda float with vanilla soft serve, which is alcoholic. It is the Sprecher hard root beer. A hard cherry cola or hard orange cream soda float. So if you want something with a little kick, if uh, mom and dad need to sort of take the edge off on the day, they can have one and they can just don't get them confused. Let's see. What else did you pick in the list? Marion, you have like 19 in here. All right. So, Nicholas, I love the fact that you went to South Korea for the Korean-style barbecue beef with steamed rice and cucumber kimchi. It is not one of the kid-friendly items. And I dig this because, again... It's something that is a little exotic. Uh, I've had this one before. It's got a little bit of heat to it. But this is something that you've had before or want to try for the first time? I want to try it for the first time, and I'm ready for it. Oh, I'm ready for it too, Big Daddy. Um, and those, did you pick three or did you pick five? I think you picked three, but you're going to end up eating five because that's just the way we roll. All right. So okay, so you can just hand me the mic here because I <laughs> I'm very excited. So Should I just call this the dessert round? Because yeah. I know, yeah. I yeah, I only have one actual food. Anyway, let's get started here. So, let's find my first one. We they don't have, have to be in order. Okay, well, the first thing that I wrote down was the yellow cake dipped in chocolate and shredded coconut, because, <laughs> duh. And where's that from? <laughs> that is from Australia. That's going to be one of her father's favorites, also. And then, this is my one and only savory option. From Africa, there's the butter chicken with micro cilantro and naan bread. Oh, that is... I've had that three times already. Um, and then... From, uh, I just... I I only had it three times already because I was just... I did like a reconnaissance yeah, mission yeah, okay. first. All right. Then from Italy, there's the cannoli al chocolato. I think it's just chocolate in Italian. And it's chocolate-covered cannoli filled with sweet ricotta cheese, chocolate, and candied fruit because, again, duh. And so the symbol next to that is the, the V, vegan. and what does that mean? That stands for vegan. Right, and, and that's one of the things, too, about we should mention. There are uh, vegetarian, it's not, it's not oh. vegan, it, that's vegetarian. If it's GF, it's gluten and wheat-friendly, um, There and there's also the chew, ones that are chew-selected. And the kid, too. Um, and then my next one is the uh, is from Hops and Barley, yes. and it's a freshly baked carrot cake and, ice, and cream cheese icing. And then the last one I chose was from Morocco. No, yeah, yeah, the last one. And it's the chocolate baklava with rolled phyllo dough with toasted almonds and dark chocolate sauce because, duh. <laughs> Did you have anything that was savory or was it yes, all just desserts? the buttered chicken with the naan bread because naan bread. And buttered chicken. And buttered chicken and micro cilantro because... And so even though mostly everything that she chose was dessert, I love the fact that you two are a bit of... An exotic eater. You're at least willing to try something at least once. You probably won't like it and just want the dessert, but you're at least willing to try something at least once. Uh, unlike your mother, who's willing to try something at least two or three times. Absolutely. Okay, so first I want to go, Nicholas and I are going to be experiencing this wine and dine studio. What do you mean, Nicholas and I? What, what am I? Oh, you can show up. Okay, so they have <laughs> the scallop. And I like the fact that the first place you take your child is the wine and dine studio. Right, right, right. So um, it's, it's truffled cherry root puree, Brussels sprouts, and wild mushrooms featuring Melissa's produce. 
And the other thing is, is that they have my favorite wine there, Conundrum. So I'm going to have to go and get one of those to pair with it, just so you know. The other choice that I had was the... Drum roll, sorry. Uh, oh, here it is. It's in New Zealand. I want to try this steam... I'm go- For some reason, I'm going seafood this year. And it's the steamed green lip mussels with garlic butter and toasted breadcrumbs. And you can pair it with... They have three different wines there. So I'll be, I'll be the wine tester to tell you what you're going to pair it with. Thanks for taking five for the team. There you go. Taking five for the team. All right. And then I'm just going to keep eating along the way. Any kiosk that the kids want. That's, you'll just chose two? That's it? I did. You said choose because I can only choose one on the show. I, ch- I cho- Didn't I tell you? You didn't even follow the instructions right. That's which okay. is That's right. the most important thing. So don't worry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I got it covered. <laughs> So, family, I have uh, I have reviewed your selections. I have taken them under advisement, and uh, because I do have the uh, ability and authority to override and overrule any of those, I'm going to tell you where I think we should go and eat. I do not know how. I, who are you people, and what have you done with my family? How do you miss piggy wings, fried pork wings with Korean barbecue sauce and sesame seeds from the craft beer center? What? Although so those although those do sound good. I mean. But wait, the wait, wait. Desserts, the cannoli. But, but no, no, listen. But associated with that, at the Odyssey Center, which is so retro, OG, old school Epcot Center, a charcuterie plate with pate, cured meats, and crostini, and pimento cheese dip with pretzel crisps. Like, I think that should just be one. It's too fancy, bro. We gotta go get some. Get some Did you just say too fancy and bro, bro. all in one? Uh, excuse me, bro. I'll go bro. for some of those piggy, piggy wings. wings. Yeah, so I'm That's just circling piggy. all of that <laughs> as one. I, I, I mean, the craft I, beer just counts as one. It doesn't take me a lot, you know? Let's go. <laughs> so, alright, next on the list, um, I think should be. I'm quickly running. How, oh my, how did you. I, I need to do. Th- I think I should just need to do the show by myself or recruit. How do you not go to the islands of the Caribbean? Jamaican beef potty, man. Moho pork with black beans, cilantro rice, and pickled red onions. Pescado con coco, seared grouper, pigeon peas, and rice with coconut sauce. And a quesito, puff pastry with sweetened cream cheese and guava sauce. Next on the list is going to be islands of the Caribbean. Remember when you guys made selections? All right, now let's see what you guys have on here. Nicholas wants a Kahlua pork slider. I can do that over in Hawaii. That's three. Marion wants the... Oh, everything that you have, Marion, everything you have is... Buttered chicken and apple. All right, so Marion wants buttered chicken. Nicholas wants Korean-style barbecue (laughs) beef. That I think that's five. Danny, you you might have just lost out. You just <laughs> we'll get you oh, something. Oh, and we'll, the desserts is a separate category. And, oh, does, oh, is it? It's okay. I'll stop on the way and get what I want. Yeah, I guess this whole idea of it being a top five is yeah, completely out the it window. All right, I think we need to. Top, uh, like thirty-five. I think we need to get mobile and start grazing. Let's go. So our first stop on this culinary journey takes us to the old Odyssey Center, and I, and I dig this because. This is Retro Epcot Center. This is now the craft beer pavilion where we have the piggy wings, the charcuterie plate, and pimento cheese dip with pretzel crisps. And I, I should have said we were going to have the piggy wings, but I turned around and they're almost gone. Yeah. Well, I can tell you about it. So I don't want to hear about it. I want to eat it. So they're really good. They kind of have an almost teriyaki kind of flavor. And they're really smoky, and they're really good either. Yeah, so the Korean barbecue sauce has a little hint of, of spice on it. I was able to take a little bit of the sauce. 
with the um, with the sesame seeds, Nicholas, uh, you obviously liked it because you're literally fighting your sister. For, it's it, like you're fighting over the. What do you think of that? Amazing, Marin! Stop! Stop! Stop it! Okay, so let me give you my take on it. There. Okay. See, this is family friendly. There you go. It's just it's, it's just like being, it's being here. Like being here. So this sauce, actually, I can compare it to the Morimoto sauce because it's that sweet. And you know what? These little wings are so tender. They are they they literally they fall off. And the, they're not. They don't look like traditional chicken no, wings. But the problem I have is they didn't give me twenty seven. They only gave me two. So that <laughs> you know, if you order twenty seven, they'll give you twenty seven. That's true. I have to pay for twenty seven. But with my metabolism, I need about twenty seven. But the thing that's different is when you think of chicken wing, you think of the small either the, the winglet or the little drum. I was this is not. Right. This is almost like a short rib. It's almost like half of a piece of a short rib. That's exactly and, what I was going to say. And they're. You know, a chicken wing, you're, you're sort of fighting to get the meat. Here, the bone is probably, you know, maybe finger-sized piece of bone, but it's surrounded by a lot of very thick, very tender, very juicy meat. So I'm going to rename this the Fantabulous Yummy Ribs, because they're not Oh, it really just flows wings. off the tongue, it really? Yeah. It does, yes. Because right, but they really are more wing it's ribs it's than they are... Yeah. It's not a wing. It's a rib. It's right. All right. So you, uh, the charcuterie plate is it's almost gone. It's almost gone. Wow. I can't turn my back for a second. Um, but it is a variety of different meats and cheeses. And again, they have that uh, that sort of onion jam, which is nice. Well, so you put a little bit of, the, of that fatty meat on top of the crostini mm-hmm. with the onion jam. Marin, did you have any of this? Yeah. There's some mustard and there's some onion jam and a little. Bread and all the different kinds of meats. It's really, really good. See, like this is the kind of this is why I like food and wine because this is the stuff I can do this all day. This to me reminds me of the holidays in our house where it's an it's a in the kitchen on the island just like meats and cheeses, meats and cheeses, and you just stand there and graze all day, Eating all day. Okay, so, so this so wait this know. wait wait. I just want to let you know that I did pair it with the um, one of the craft beers. It was the two Henry's blueberry vanilla American wheat ale. Can I tell you something? It's not as sweet as you would think, but it has this savory flavor, and you can definitely taste the blueberry and the vanilla in the beer. You know, I would care more if I didn't enjoy that piece of smoky, oh. so much spicy sausage. Yeah. And the final thing that we have to try, which the kids really, I mean, they ate all the croutons. They ate all the croutons. go with the pimento dip. The pimento cheese dip comes with a great portion mm. of pretzel chips. To dip into the pimento. Oh. Isn't that delicious? Wait a second. I know. And I'm a huge olive fan and pimento fan. I love it. So, believe it or not, out of all the things we ordered, that is the best. Like, that's a big ramekin. I was not expecting. It's a big ramekin in a dish. But what I like about that mm-hmm. is it's spicy. There's a lot of nice, it's a creamy heat. Did, Mary Nicholas, did you guys try the dip? What would you think of the dip? It's really good. I really like it. It, it gives you the right amount of spice. Because you normally don't yeah, like spicy food, spicy. so I'm, I'm really happy and, and impressed that you like it. Yeah, it's really good. Nicholas, did you try the spicy dip, or did you just eat all the croutons? What did you think of the dip? <laughs> it was amazing. So, so it's okay, so come here for a second, because I think sometimes parents or kids hear spicy, and they say, oh, my kid won't like it. But tell me, like, did you enjoy it, or was it too much heat, or just the right amount? Just the right amount of heat. I think you would have to... Like you have to like like spicy food to have it, but it's still good. It has a little bit of kick at the end. Yeah, 
but it's really delicious. And when you pair, when you dip it with, and you have some extra pretzel bites, it's perfect. So, what was your favorite out of these three, Mary? What was your favorite out of the, out of these three items? I gotta say, I think my favorite has to be the little piggy wings. Those are really, really good. They were really tender. There was a lot of meat on them. I liked it a lot. But I will tell you, I do, you know, that cheese, especially, and look, the fact that we're inside makes a little, you know, having that sometimes in the heat would, but the fact that you're inside, air conditioning, there's music here, there's a ton of tables. I actually might put the pimento dip because I like a little bit of, I like a lot of depth of flavor when I eat something. And I think that has it. Uh, it's obviously very easily shareable. Uh, the wings are great. Like you, I would love to have had more. But again, this is meant to be sample and move on, sample and move on. So I'd put the, the dip and then the, the wings and then the charcuterie plate. Would you come back here? Yes, I would. And you'd get, you'd get the wings again? Yes. All right. So this is definitely, this is right now number one on the list okay, of things we've tried today. <laughs> well, it's the first thing we tried, so... But I'm coming back for the 27 wings. <laughs> There's no doubt. So as we were wandering to our next destination, you broke formation, Deanna, and literally made a dash for New England because you had to get New your steamed... What did I say? New England. New England. Oh, I have something else on the brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your steamed green tea mussels with garlic butter and toasted breadcrumbs, which was very high on your list and also a chew recommendation. So you get three... Wow, a pretty large-sized yeah. mussels in there, too, mm. with a really nice... Um, I can see sort of the toasted breadcrumbs, and I can smell it, not in a in a fishy kind of way, but almost a, um, uh, you can almost smell the, the toasting of the breadcrumbs. Yeah, I'd have it. Wait till you hear, I just had one, you eat it. Okay, so let me just tell you this. The garlic butter that is on here is so light, but it's perfect. And with the crunchy um, toasted breadcrumbs on it. It's a nice it's a textural texture, balance. Absolutely. But that garlic. Oh, delicious. I love when, you know, you can sort of taste the garlic throughout the palate and it's not overwhelming oh, not at all not at all but again coming from an Italian background where garlic and breadcrumbs are everything. right mm-hmm. I love it it's delicious it's none of, it, it was actually my number two but it's moving up the list I actually like these better than the, than the piggy wings those were so five minutes ago weren't I know, they they totally were totally totally were and you get three, so I mean, you can actually. Again, this is something that you can actually share. Yeah. Everybody has one, unless Deanna's there. She has all three. Would anybody like a muscle? She doesn't really going mean that. Once, going twice. Um, Here you go, Nick. It's do delicious. It. Do it. Do it. Add a boy. There you go. All right. Taste that garlic. Yum. That's, That's so butter. good. I know. <laughs> and now Nick's looking at the empty plate, like, wait, what? You offered so me that. The- <laughs> is that a kid friendly? No, well, it it's, doesn't. It's our kid friendly. Our I, but I think that's the thing, you know, exactly. just because it's marked kid friendly, it doesn't mean your kids won't like it. Nicholas is 11 and mm-hmm. he's trying something that a lot of kids might go, oh. And the other thing, too, is the mussels like clams, they have to be cooked just right so Perfect. they're not rubbery, and that was not it at all. You know, so the amazing thing to me during food and wine is think about how many people they serve food to on a daily, on a daily basis when they have these. And in these kiosks, the cast members are so gracious and kind, and they're here all day in the heat. But the, they pump out food like I can't even tell you. But it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like, like no. it's mass produced Absolutely. because it's not. Right, it's not. It's made in small batches and then brought out and then served. And because again, especially something like mussels that cannot sit there all day, no. you can tell that that was made fresh. Well, as as you're waiting there, 
he ends up putting on these delicious breadcrumbs so they're so they're that crispy. They're not sitting in the butter and the garlic sauce. So it, it, it adds that extra touch every time you have something from here. So I, I love the relationship that we just formed with the mussels, but I've moved on. So I'm already on my way to uh, the islands in the Caribbean. Okay, we'll come so, Deanna, real quick before I forget, too, because, again, we're sampling a lot, but we talked about how, you know, obviously there, there, there's an economy that has to be taken into consideration. So for those three large-sized mussels, how much were they? It was $4, okay, so, so, which so is a great yeah. price. So I actually expect it to be more. I think it's a, yeah. a great value for what you got there, too. Especially for the greatest seafood. It, it was delicious. Yeah. So I was almost very easily distracted and broke formation myself by going over to Farm Fresh. Um, I've done some reconnaissance before we recorded today, and I had been to Farm Fresh not once, not twice, but three times because there's so much good stuff on that menu. And the loaded mac and cheese with the pepper bacon, cheddar cheese, peppers and green onions, I actually made into a video and a new video series that I'm starting called Lou's Mini Bites, and you can check the feed or the site uh, or Facebook to check that out. But I will tell you, the mac and cheese, Nicholas, you are a mac and cheese, like, aficionado. Remember the mac and cheese we had with that pepper bacon and the green onions and peppers? How much did you love that? That was amazing. And how frustrated were you watching me film the video, standing so close yet so far away? I was very mad because all I wanted to do was just... So we also had the uh, the chicken and dumpling, which was a stewed chicken with a really nice uh, spinach and mushroom, kind of a, a creamy sauce too. And that was, despite how hot it was, that was really nice and it was very hearty, right? And you, we love chicken and dumplings. Uh-huh. It was very, very good. That sort of screams the South to me. Like that just makes you think of Florida and the South. Um, and both of those are, right, so they have the pears on them, so they're both kid-friendly items and they are yeah. definitely Nicholas-approved, correct? They are Nicholas approved. Okay, so if you had a choice, you could only have one, like your one meal. Is it chicken and dumplings or loaded mac and cheese? Mac and cheese. Didn't even think, not even a hesitation. Not even Because mac and cheese. Yes. That's my boy right there. So we're here in Hawaii, and number one on Nicholas's list was the Kahlua pork slider with sweet and sour dole pineapple chutney and spicy mayonnaise. It is kid-friendly, it is chew-recommended, it is Nicholas-recommended, and it's almost gone because everybody else dove in already. Marion, you uh, you made a beeline right for that. What'd you think? It was really good. I really liked it. I didn't taste it yet. <laughs> so I did because this is actually one of the things that I did in the videos. In case you hadn't seen, I tried something new this year. I'm doing a new video series. It's one thing for you to hear about the food items. It's another thing, I think, to see it. And so this year, I introduced a new Disney animated video series called Lou's Mini Bites, where we'll go kiosk by kiosk and item by item. And here, I chose the Kahlua pork slider and maybe something else. So, Nicholas, what, this was number one on your list. What do you think of that? It was really, really good. <laughs> and right now, I'm also eating the tuna pokey. So, spoiler alert, we couldn't get just one. Um, I never met a spicy tuna pokey with seaweed salad and nori rice that I didn't like, and clearly you didn't either. Um, we are big. We are all big sushi fans. You got four or five really large pieces of, of spicy tuna. And look, the thing about tuna is not just the, the, the texture and consistency, but the color, and it's that deep, rich red. Um, let me tell you something else. The, the, the rice that's in it is really where the spicy kick is. 
and it's a special type of rice. It's a nori rice, which I actually don't remember ever having. It's not quite a whole grain. Right, it's a small. I was gonna say it's a small grain rice. And it's really, really good. I'm going to have to buy some of this. But I love how the seaweed salad gives that, that extra bit of textural crunch. And if you get that all on a single forkful, that oh, is just... Delicious. It's a little slice of heaven. It is a little slice of heaven. But I had to pair it with something. So I paired it with the Florida Orange Grove Sparkling Pineapple Wine. It's more of a dessert wine. It's okay. very, very sweet. But um, it is it is a nice, refreshing like uh, wine if... You know, if you need something refreshing, it's it's on, more on the sweeter side. So, all right. So, for Hawaii, and you can only choose one, is it the slider or the pokey? I'm going to have to go with the slider. Slider. Slider or pokey? Slider. I, God, that's, that's... Dad's going with no, the pokey. Well, I mean, because there's obviously no slider left, I have to choose the, choose the pokey just so I can get something to eat. But it's... You know what? I think this is actually a nice... You're talking about a wine pairing or beer. I think this is a nice food pairing... And I think these two items next to each other are a really nice complement. They really complement each other. I have to right? agree because with you. Right, because the, 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 the pokey is obviously very light, okay. a little bit of spice. The the slider is a little, it's it's a small, I mean, it's, for Lou, it's almost like bite size. Um, but it's small enough that you could get the two and not be too full. The thing about Florida, too, I don't know about you, but when it's really, really, really hot, I don't like to eat heavy food. Right. And these two really are they're on the lighter side, yeah. so they're really delicious. So this has always been one of my top ones, and it's going to continue. Like, this is one that I come back to. I have to agree. Every year we come yeah, back. Yeah, this is one that I, that I absolutely come back to. Yeah. So This is absolutely a safety. Okay. All right, so let's keep moving on. There's lots of food, so much time and so little food. Strike that. Reverse it. So I love Hawaii, but I love Islands of the Caribbean and Showcase Plaza, which is by the walkway in between World Showcase and the Imagination Pavilion. Because here, I know I sort of circled one item, but I had to get the menu. And by the menu, I mean a little bit of everything. The Jamaican beef patty, which are two small, um, larger than sort of probably twice the size of a silver dollar version of Jamaican beef patties. The mojo pork with black beans, cilantro rice, and pickled red onions. The pescado con coco, which is seared grouper, pigeon peas, and rice with coconut sauce. And to top it off, a casito, which is a puff pastry with sweetened cream cheese and guava sauce. But wait, there's more, because I also had to try the Caribbean sangria just to get the full flavor, flavor profile. You guys didn't wait once again. The first thing on the menu and the first thing that I was going to was the Jamaican beef patty, which Nicholas is inhaling. So, Nicholas, as a kid, I used to have these a lot. Um, when my family knew somebody who was from Jamaica and used to make homemade Jamaican beef patties where there's this um, sort of outer, um, it's almost like a, a dough, but it's yellowish in color from the spices that are inside and a spicy beef inside. So what do you think of that? It's really good and you have to like... <laughs> you keep doing... Man, did you try that? Did you try the spicy beef patty? Yes, I did. I think it's actually really, really good. It's the right amount of spice, and I really like the um, the kind of like bread dough coating the outside, and it's, it gives a really good, like, smoky almost flavor. It's really good. So, did you try it? I did. And you know what? The perfect thing about it, it's one of the kid options, the kid-friendly options. Mm. It is. And the other thing is, is it doesn't have that... It doesn't have a bite after. It's not too spicy, and that's why I think it's perfect mm-hmm. for kids. And I think it's just the right amount of spice. It's not a hot spice. It's just a... Flavorful. 
It's a flavor. Exactly. It's a flavorful slice. So I think it's really interesting that it's on the kids' menu because it's a fun food. It's a finger food that you can bite into or share. Nicholas can't speak because he has not stopped shoveling it into his mouth. So I'm going to interpret that for you. You like it. Nod your head, yes. (laughs) It's incredibly flavorful. Yes. You would come back and order this again? Yeah. (laughs) You're a man of few words, but the ones that you do are impactful. Those are, you get two of them. Right. Um, Those are really shareable now. uh, So the gluten-free option that they have here is the mojo pork with black bean, cilantro, rice, and pickled red onions. And I think what what... the kicker is for this dish is the pickle, yeah. the pickled uh, red bean, red onions. Having a little scoop of the pork with the beans and the onion adds such flavor to this dish. Mm. I can't even tell you. You also get the difference of the texture of the crunch. So you're getting you're getting the pork, which is incredibly tender and it's moist. Right again, one of those things that you have to cook just right so it doesn't get dried out. Um, the black beans offer another sort of different spicy profile, but you get that nice, crisp crunch, uh, almost like that vinegary type of crunch from the onions. You put all that, and, now, and that's a, it's a plate that's shareable, but there's a lot of food in there, too. So the other thing that's interesting about this dish is that the onions usually come in this very vinegary mm-hmm. concoction and, and sauce, and there's none of that that actually... Gets, that's overbearing on this dish. The onions are actually pickled perfectly right. to add that accent to the, mo- the mojo pork and the beans. Right, and the rice isn't saturated, right. but they still all, they absorb the flavor from the black bean sauce and from the pork and the onions. You really, in order to do this right, you've got to get all of it. You've got to push your kids out of the way like I'm doing and get all of it onto a single forkful. But again, so Ryan, did you try that? What, the... The mojo pork? Yeah, it's good. I like it. So what would you rank more, the mojo pork or the empanada, uh, the, or the um, the beef patty? And I'm only asking you so I can take time to take a bite. Uh, the uh, the pork with the onions and the... Mm. So the other thing, too, I want to mention is that I am not a huge cilantro fan. So for me, cilantro, it, it tastes like soap when I eat it, but this cilantro that's in this rice is not overbearing at all. Well, there's not, it has a hint. Right. It is, it's, it's, it's a hint. Right. It's, it's sort of flavored with cilantro. There's not actually pieces of cilantro that are in there. So we're also moving on to the seared grouper. Look, I, I'm a fish person, I, and I love, I love, love grouper. It's very much a, a Florida fish to me. Um, and this is served with pigeon peas and rice in a coconut sauce. Yeah. It's a creamier sauce, so if you like a creamy sauce, then it's something oh. for you. But wait, the first thing I tasted, and, and I haven't had this before, When I, the first thing I tasted on my palate was that coconut little milk. bit of the sweetness, right, from the coconut milk, and then you get a very light, very flaky, and the one thing about grouper is it is a non-fishy fish. It, it is non. right. It's, it's more like a flounder. It's right. a, a very, very delicate fish. Yeah. It's not. It's not a heavy, like not a swordfish all. type of a fish. Not at all. So we we did pair it with the um, the white sangria, which is not. It's a little bit on the sweeter side, but it's not too sweet, and it adds a nice complement to the fish. Mm. And I love, I love, love, love that rice too. It's different. It's more of a almost like a saffron kind of rice as opposed to a white rice but the fish is so light and it's such a nice different flavor because it has a hint of sweetness did you guys try the fish at all what'd you think nick it was pretty good 
Nacho, well, so out of the three that you eat that you ate here uh, in the Caribbean, what was your favorite, Mon? My favorite was the Jamaican beef patty. You gotta say Jamaican beef patty, Mon. Jamaican beef patty, Mon. Whatever. <laughs> say Irie. Irie. <laughs> He's like, what? Okay, I'll say that in another language. You're crazy. <laughs> um, then the pork thing, and then... And the fish? And then the fish. Right, because already you guys have moved on to the quesito, which is a very light, very flaky puff pastry with a sweetened cream cheese and a guava sauce. So, Marion, this is the thing that you were eyeing from the second we sat down. The the guava the dessert yeah I loved it I tried it already because I couldn't wait and it's so good it's the right it's really flaky inside's really creamy and sweet and the guava sauce just adds a really good like fruity flavor I really Nicholas I would ask you but your face is full of the casito right now it's uh, it's surprisingly very good it's nice and flaky and like it's not too crunchy but it's like just right. And like that guap, that sauce, it just tops it all up. It's the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. So, I like this because, as you've heard in the past, I'm more of a savory than I am sweet. But here, it's such a nice, um, it's a light pastry, and it's not overly sweet. You know, I don't like desserts that sort of, um, when they hit the palate, it's such a, a contrast to some of the savory stuff. So that little hint of the guava sauce adds that, that bit of sweetness. And the cream cheese still is uh, its savory enough not to be overly sweetened. So I think, you know, oh, I, wait a second. I haven't even tried my Caribbean sangria yet. Oh, no. Sorry. So, yeah, that actually could be a little more on the dessertier side. So I would actually pair the sangria with the casito if you want something a little bit on the sweeter side. But all in all... In terms of an overall combination of best things together on the menu, I think Islands of the Caribbean. Um, These four, and 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 they also have a Presidente Pilsner, a frozen mojito, which would be very nice on a day like today. But I think these all complement and contrast each other enough that if I had to say, all right, there's only one kiosk I could eat at and have my entire meal at, I think it would be here. Really? I would like ten of these casito things. They're so good. Out of all the options here, right? So, casito or so right now is the casito your favorite thing at food and wine? You're literally licking your fingers. So so far, yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing about this kiosk, too, I have to say, is we were here in the evening, and now we're here during the day. And the ambiance in the day and in the evening in this area is wonderful. They have Caribbean music playing. Um, It's very resort-like. And, you know, you can get out of the sun. They have a really nice setup that you can get out of the sun. So I, I might have to agree with you. They have a beautiful waterfall when you walk in. What I do like is I like this area, especially the continuing down the walkway to the, the wine and dessert and, and the chocolate area. But they've got the popcorn lights. They've got the music. There's a nice breeze blowing. Um, it is, you're right, I think in terms of decor and design. And there's also two uh, covered huts with a lot of tables. So there's a lot of places to eat right here and behind you on the, the walkway itself. So there's a lot of places to eat. It's covered. It's well-themed, it's well-laid out, and I think that, so, Islands of the Caribbean right now, and that decision may change in five minutes, but right now, this is my overall favorite kiosk pavilion 
experience in food one. And may I just add, they have these little props and uh, paintings, and even they have like these little like barrels all around. And I gotta say, this is kind of related to this. Um, I like how in all the kiosks there's some kind of a fresh uh, fruit or vegetable or herb growing near it that relates to the food that you're being served. So here, there's pineapple and mint, which you can, I mean, it's very, like, tropical and Caribbean. Well, it's also a learning experience for you because you see how these foods are actually grown. Like, you might not know what a mint leaf looks like or what a pineapple looks like as it's growing. So the other thing that's really interesting this year, too, is that you go to some of these kiosks, and actually this is the first one that I noticed, and they actually have one of the recipes up on the board so that you can actually take a picture of it and replicate what you're eating at home. So you see all this? Yeah. We need to make this happen at home. All right, can you do that? I want to. Like tonight? No. No. All right. Well, get on it. All right, so we got a couple of the kiosks to hit. Let's move along. Okay, Nicholas, this was number two on your list, and normally we would save the dessert for the very end, but we were here, and it was warm, and you guys need a little bit of a sweet treat, and that's why you chose your soda floats with vanilla soft serve, non-alcoholic. They had the Coca-Cola grape strawberry or Barks root beer. You guys both went for the Barks root beer, and what's nice is these are pretty nice size, definitely a a kid-friendly size, and this is a kid-friendly menu item. Nicholas, you are almost done with yours already. How does this rank, not just among what you've eaten here today in Epcot, but among you are a, a root beer float aficionado? This is a really good root beer float, and here I'd probably rate it number three, four, three or four. Okay, Marion? Mm, I mean... How can you ask for root beer floats? This is obviously really good. And overall so far, i got to say, it is very good, but it is pretty traditional, and I really like trying new things. So this isn't as high up, but it's, I mean, it's not. But for kids, this is also something that you know is safe. It's uh, it's relatable. It's something that's not scary. So if, it's, if a kid is looking for a familiar type of a treat, this is a great place to come, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Can I have a sip? Yeah, he, he's taking a long sip here. Okay. Oh, that's that's cool and creamy and root sarsaparilla. Sorry, they're calling it root beer now. That's really good. I like that. So are you guys? Uh, and it's probably what you'd say maybe a eight ounce. I mean, that's a pretty big size because some of the other desserts it's, are sort of shot glass size. This is much larger than it's that. It's a perfect size, yeah. I think. It's great. This is definitely the perfect kid size that each one could have one. And they come in only about $3.50 or so, too. Mm-hmm. And they're portable. What do you say we uh, get mobile and start walking to our last two, at least for today, kiosks that we have a hit for our top five? Let's do this. So rounding out our top five-ish things you need to try when you come with your friends or your family, or even people you don't like or by yourself. We're going to Marion's number one and Nicholas's number three. Marion, your number one was the buttered chicken with micro cilantro and non bread, a chew favorite from the Africa Outpost. And I think you chose this because the first time any of us were ever really introduced to flavors like this, like butter chicken, was when we were on the Disney cruise, right? Yeah, and that's why I really wanted to try it. So this is, uh, again, from the Africa Outpost. 
And here you get a large piece of non bread that is uh, covered, almost sort of smothered in a nice butter chicken with a little, little bits of cilantro. You can see some uh, peppers and tomato here. This is one of the items that you hear butter chicken, it, it, you think maybe it's uh, like, like an Indian type flavor of food, but this is something that. Uh, might be foreign to a lot of people, but should not be very scary because it is not very heavily spiced, certainly not spicy in a in a heat and overpowering kind of way. No, it definitely has a nice, it has a nice afterbite to it, but it's not overbearing spicy at all. And the non bread actually adds a very complimentary, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like butter. So, Mary, why did you choose this, and what do you think of this, having it here in Epcot versus some of the other places that you've had it? I chose this because I really liked having it on the Disney Cruise Line. Um, and here, it's not much different. It's still really, really great, and I still really like it. So, I think this is something that almost could or should be in the kid-friendly food category because I th- think this is one that is accessible to kids because you're right there's nothing spicy about this at all you just have to be you, you have to be um, I think there's a sweetness to the chicken yeah but you have to be introduced to certain spices in order to be have to have it kid friendly and by spices you mean flavors not necessarily uh, right this is there's no we should be clear there's no heat to it no. but it has unique spices to it so Nicholas you are quiet which usually means you're enjoying something I am enjoying it and I Want Are you hitting your food? You're hitting your food comb, aren't you? All right, well, there's one last, and this, Nicholas, you're, this was your number three. This was the Korean-style barbecue beef with steamed rice and cucumber kimchi. Again, there's a, a, a very generous portion of rice, and really, I'm very pleasantly surprised to see it is covered with a really good portion of a... Um, a Korean-style beef, which is not oh, it's not a wet beef. Uh, it's moist, but it's it's shredded. And there is a cucumber kimchi on top. And if you ever had kimchi before, um, there is a, normally it is something that is pretty spicy. So, Nicholas, since this was yours, and I see you going back for your second or third forkful, what do you think? It's really good, and the kimchi goes really well with the rice and the um beef so yeah it's really good it's probably my favorite thing i've eaten here wow so and i think that's saying a lot because i think as your day goes on and the more you eat and the flavors that you're experiencing all day not only do you get full but i think you will sort of numb your palate to all the different flavors but this is something that i think is very unique it's, it's if you've ever had korean food before this is very, very Korean. And Nicholas, I'm happy to see the the kimchi oftentimes can be very, very spicy. A traditional uh, Korean kimchi can be very spicy. But here, I think the 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 little bit of the almost a little bit of a, a sour in the in the cucumber that offsets the, the spiciness a little bit. And obviously it's tempered too by the rice and the beef. So the kimchi is not overbearing at all. They just put a nice generous portion on top. But once you get a, fl- a taste of the rice and the kimchi and the um, beef, it's its delicious. And what I like about this one is it sort of hits you in waves. So the first thing that you get is the flavor of the beef. And again, it's unlike some of the other uh, shredded beefs or, or porks that you find else- elsewhere. It's not in a very wet sauce. It's almost a, a little bit drier. And then sort of it finishes off with that little bit of um, and sour isn't the right word, but that that 
that almost vinegarness that you get from the cucumber and a little bit of the heat. Um, Nicholas, I agree with you. This is um, this is very, very high on my list as well. Marin, did you try this? Because you're not normally one that likes spice. I did try it, and the kimchi, although it is pretty spicy, I think it pairs really, really well with the rice because a rice is a really, like, basic food, and it helps mellow out some flavors. So that with the kimchi and the beef, which is also really good, um, is really good. Yeah. So we were supposed to do a top five. I think we did more like a top 19 of all the things you've tried today, what was or is your favorite, and what would you or, or what was your favorite, or what would be the thing that you want would want to come back specifically for the Korean um, beef? I would come back for that. Um, I forget what it, it was called. It was in uh, the Caribbean thing. It was the, uh, the boho pork. No, it was the, the, the uh, of course. Oh, it was the dessert. <laughs> Of course it was the desserts. So are those, now let me ask you something. If you guys have friends who are saying, oh, I'm going to food and wine for the first time, or I'm going to, I've never been to the food and wine festival, what would you tell them? What would you recommend to them? Or, or how would you sort of introduce somebody who has never been here before or is a chicken nugget, hamburger and french fries kind of guy or gal? I would probably say even though you're used to specific types of food, there are a lot of things that might look a little bit uh, what's the word? Interesting or unappealing? You should still try them anyway, and you never know. You might find something that you might really, really like. I would say go try the um, Korean chicken, and you'll thank me later for it. <laughs> oh, the Korean beef. Yeah, beef. And so, Deanna, you, what was the favorite thing that you had? And again, as a parent talking to another parent, says, Ah, my, you know what? My kids would hate this. This is for adults. I have really, really picky eaters. How do you let them sort of dip their toes into the water and be comfortable coming here? So my philosophy always was whatever we were eating was what we were eating that day. So my kids had to try everything, and that's why they have a very... You have two choices, take it or leave it. Right, and they have a very, very distinguished palate. So therefore, they tried a lot of things, whereas I know a lot of kids are just chicken nugget eaters and french fries. Um, give them a bite. Let them taste it. Let them put their pinky in it. Because believe it or not, before you know it, they're going to say, Ma, I want, can I try that again? Or that, that's really delicious. And that's how you, you have the experience as a family when you come here, um, which, which is what we always have done. And I think, too, there are foods that are very accessible. So, you know, we like the, the purpose of today was to introduce you to things that maybe you hadn't tried before. Maybe the kids hadn't tried before. Showing that you can enjoy it together as a family. You could make a game out of it. That's what we've done. We've made our lists. We've gone back and we'll think about it and talk about it. And when we come back, we'll try something different. Oh, I will be back. There's plenty of things here that unfortunately were on Okay, Terminator, yeah. That we didn't hit. <laughs> you give me that look like these kids are slowing us down. And, and that's the thing, too, is you can come as a family. You can gently introduce yourself and or your kids into something that maybe they haven't tried before. But if you are looking for some of those staples, you can certainly find them both at Food and Wine or throughout Future World as well. But this is, you know, we talk about the repeatability factor. My recommendation is you cannot and should not even attempt to try and do it all in one day. Uh, my days of when I used to, remember when I used to do, so I used to do a walkabout, a walkabout where I would start at 11 o'clock in the morning and I would literally hit every single kiosk and as many items as I could. By the time we got all the way around to Canada, it was time for illuminations and I wanted to just explode. That's not the way to do it. Take your time, go through the guide ahead of time, pick out the five things that you want or the kiosk that you want to try. 
start, you can come early, take a nap, <laughs> go by the pool, come back again later, finish the night off with some other foods, dessert, illuminations. But I think enjoying it as a group and your family, your ohana is however you define it. It could be a spouse and kids. It could be your friends. It could be, you know, whatever, you're, who you consider your family to be. But I think food is definitely best enjoyed, um, especially something like this, because part of the experience isn't just what you're tasting and putting in your mouth. It's wandering the kiosks. It's the people that you meet. It's the music in the background. It's the sights and the sounds. And I think that is what makes this uh, such a fun experience, even above and beyond the flavors. And you're building countless, countless memories that you'll have for years to come. <laughs> Hopefully not of meltdowns, even hopefully good memories. Well, yeah, exactly. There's going to be a couple of those, too. But, you know, as a parent, you know, you always have those. Let's be realistic. But for the most part, you're building great, great memories. And your kids will say, do you know, remember we did that one time? And we did that map, and we went around, we found all the Remy's. Or, you know what, that food that I tried that night, it was so delicious. So the most important thing is spend time with your family. Enjoy every second of it, because before you know it, they grow up and... They're not home anymore. Stop. You're going to make me cry right here. <laughs> or sell or cheer. It depends on like, what kind of day we're having. Um, I think for me, I think, you know, we hit on a lot of the important points. Um, I think it kind of goes with that saying, stretchy pants are a must um, if you're going to do food and wine festival right. Uh, but I think do it at your own pace. Make it an, an enjoyable experience, whether you're coming alone or with friends or family. But I would like to hear from you. Have you brought your family? Um, what do you think is the, the right age to start bringing your kids? What were your kids' experience? Or you could just tell me what was your favorite thing at this year's Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. The best thing you saw, the best thing you experienced, the best thing you ate, the best thing you drank. You can come to the show notes over at www.radio.com. Leave your comment there. You can also go to facebook.com slash radio. And hey, if you like this episode and think you know somebody else that might like it or has never been here as well, I would ask you to please help spread the word and share this episode with your family and with your friends. And I hope to see you, my friend, my extended family, on the promenade very, very soon. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. A wise man once said, I'll be back. <laughs> well done, my son. I raced him myself. Well done. Stretchy pants for the win. I'll be back. Hey, Dad, what was your favorite thing today? You forgot to say. You know, you're right. I did sort of forget to say as we were wrapping up what my favorite thing was. Um, you know, I, I think I have to go... So many good things, and so many good things we didn't even hit today that I know we've done in the past. But I think today, for me, uh, I'm going back to the Caribbean Queen. Now we're sharing the same dream. I'm going back to Islands of the Caribbean. I think the beef patties and the mojo, well, the fish was good too. Can I just say the entire Islands of the Caribbean kiosk? Sure, whatever. Wait, speaking of Caribbean Queen, wait a second. The other thing we forgot to mention too is I think so. Caribbean Queen was obviously sung by Caribbean Queen, are you sharing the same dream? Billy Ocean, who by the way is one of the, the performers in the Eat to the Beat concert series which, which I think look, I love the Eat to the Beat series because it totally speaks to my generation so kids, who would you like to see more? Uh, Wang Chung Air Supply, 
Tiffany. By the way, you're really showing your age right now because they have Shaka no Khan. idea who you're talking Shaka about. Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Let me rock it. Let me rock you, Shaka they Khan. Have no idea who you're talking about. Let me rock it. That's all I want to do. Shaka Khan. Let me rock it. Oh, oh I, and this, Nicholas, I know. Christopher Cross. Yeah. No. Sailing takes me away. No, 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 no. Is that uh, is that a little bit too 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 old for you guys? Yeah. Starship? No. Sorry. Dennis DeYoung and the music of Sticks. You get me out there, I'll be Mr. Robotoing like there's nobody's business. No, you don't want to see that. Oh, you want to see that. Domo Oregato, Mr. Robato. Thank you very much, Mr. Robato, for doing the job. Nobody wants to. Nothing? You got nothing? See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Goodbye. I'm Kilroy. Kilroy. Nothing? Nobody? Anybody? No, because you don't like sing or dance. Oh, I don't know what that last thing was, but it certainly wasn't It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes, like last week, in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email or, better yet, our online entry form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were staying in Epcot Center, and your question was very simple because the final Jeopardy question in Ellen's Energy Universe of Energy Adventure is, what is blank? You had to fill in the blank there. Let's go to Ellen now and see what she came up with as the response to our final Jeopardy clue. Ellen, um, what is brain power, Alex? She is correct. She risked it all. She doubled her score to $35,600, which made her our new Jeopardy! champion. And you, my WDW Radio champion, for getting what is brain power, Alex, correct? Thanks to the over 1,000 of you that entered last week. Again, you were playing for the 102 Ways book, all the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, and the hot and cold travel mug. And last week's winner, randomly selected from all correct entries, is... Audrey Nichols. So, Audrey, congratulations. You entered via the form. I have your contact info. I will get your prize package out to you right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, something that I've always loved seeing in Walt Disney World attractions are the cameos, the celebrity cameos that sometimes pop up very unexpectedly. From Boys to Men and the Timekeeper in Tomorrowland to Putty from Seinfeld in Soren, it's always fun to see, especially ones that are so sort of time and generation specific. But speaking of Seinfeld, that's going to lead us to this week's trivia question, because I want you to name two current locations in Walt Disney World where stars from TV Seinfeld can be found, seen, or heard. 
So that's your question. There are two locations currently in Walt Disney World where stars from TV's Seinfeld can be found, seen, or heard. You have until Sunday, October 2nd at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. But better yet, go to this week's show notes at www.radio.com. Click on show number 462. Use the online entry form there. This way I have all your shipping information. Because again, you're playing for the book, the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, stickers, and a hot and cold travel mug. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for sharing some of your time with me. I understand how valuable it is, how little we all have of it. And the fact that you choose to spend some of it with me means so very much. I also want to give special thanks to Ross Christensen, Hal Kussler, Shanella Stacy, William Bragg, and Gary Zarilla, some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family. Uh, thanks to all of you and everybody else who is part of the nation. And if you want to find out how you can not only help the show, get, but also get exclusive monthly rewards like scavenger hunts, access to our private group, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, shirts, backpacks, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World and more, you can visit www.radio.com support. Just a couple of quick things. Don't forget that the purge of my Disney collection is still going on. New auctions every Sunday starting and ending at 9 p.m. Eastern over at www.radio.com eBay. It is just time to get rid of some of my collection that has been sitting for years, almost decades, in boxes, a lot of cast member materials, pre-opening documents, books, maps, attraction scripts, and lots more. Again, www.radio.com slash eBay. Also, this is the last week to register for my Momentum Workshop in Walt Disney World on Saturday, October 15th. We're in this small, interactive, one-day workshop. We not just leverage lessons that we can learn from Walt and the Disney company, but I and fellow entrepreneurs will share our real-world experiences, advice, tools, and resources, and help you not only find out how to pursue your passion, but to build and grow your business and brand. There are just a few seats left. If you go to lumangelo.com slash momentum, you can register. And if you use code WDWRADIO30 at checkout, it's WDWRADIO30 at checkout, you will save 30% off your workshop ticket. Again, lumangelo.com slash momentum. And if you have friends that you think might be interested, you can join the affiliate program, offer them a code, and earn $50 for everyone you recommend. Don't forget that if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. You can tweet me, Facebook me, Instagram, Pinterest me. I am at Lou Mangello. And please be sure and go like the WW Radio page over on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio. Of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That is why I have monthly meetups every month in Walt Disney World. October's meet, I am still working on it. Might be during the week. Maybe we'll do something a little different, a little special. But also visit the events page over at facebook.com slash Radio. Find out how you can join us next year, June 25th through the 30th, for a double-dip cruise on the Disney Dream with two stops at Castaway Key. Other events we have coming up. 
and who knows, maybe even Alaska Cruise in 2018. You can join the running team by visiting www.radio.com running and also visit lumangelo.com to find out some other locations that I'll be having on the road meetups as I travel the country to speak and work with schools and businesses and brands. And if I can maybe help come speak to your school or at your conference, you can visit lumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. Wherever you're going in the Disney or other world, they can help you get there with the best possible prices, all available discounts, all at no cost to you. Check them out over at mousefantravel.com. And if you go to celebrationspress.com, little Timmy Foster will personally send you a copy of Celebrations Magazine in print or on digital format. And as always, my friends, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out a link to this week's show. Better yet, Share it on Facebook with your friends in your group or on your page. And please take just a minute to go rate and review the show over in iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,200 five-star reviews. At one point, we had number two overall on iTunes. That is completely thanks to and because of you. I want to thank some recent reviewers who like Susie7755, who says this is the best podcast ever. I'm so excited to explore all the lake locations Lou talks about. My grandson is visiting for the first time and is really pumping him up. He's already started packing, hoping to run into you for a handshake and a hug when we are there. Susie, by all means, let me know. I hope to as well. Unix Mage says, this is a little taste of Disney. I love the podcast and it helps to fill the time between trips. AB near Philadelphia says it's almost as good as being there. Lou is so much fun, especially when he is in total geek out mode about something hidden he has found. He enjoys the play-by-play meals and rides that he shares. He's picked up a lot of tips which he's going to apply to his next trip. And he says Lou's content will definitely influence my next trip. Thank you all so much to everybody who's reviewed the show. If you visit www.radio.com slash iTunes, it'll give you instructions and a direct link over to iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, I need to say thank you to you once again for listening. Listening all the way to the end and allowing me to do what I do. Um, I am incredibly, incredibly grateful and appreciative to and for you. And if I can ever help you in some way, whether working with you one-on-one or coming to the event, by all means, please let me know. And remember that whatever journey you are on, whatever that thing is that you are trying to pursue or, or that place that you are trying to get to, It's not going to be easy, but the difference between the stumbling blocks, right, those obstacles you encounter, and the stepping stones is how you use them. It's all about your attitude. It's all about how you react to the things you encounter along the way. So as Walt always said, keep moving forward. Have an amazing week, and thank you once again for joining me. See ya. Hey, Lou Mangiello, Robert Canchola out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, very much appreciate what you do. Uh, I know you get a lot of praise for your, your, your Disney podcasting and, and, and your re- reviews and everything. But I think there's also enough, uh, I'm sorry, I, I think there's also, uh, praise that should be given to you, uh, your entire team for essentially building this, this Lou Mangello enterprise or Mangello enterprise. And it's, it's a business and I, and I give you great credit for your entrepreneurial spirit. So uh, keep it up. You're, you're, it's a great motivation out there for all of us other uh, business folks. So, again, uh, kudos to you. Uh, I wanted to uh, 
uh, just leave a message and share my thoughts in regards to, I think, your latest podcast in regards to going to Disney and doing Disney on your own. I, I 100% agree with how great uh, of an experience that is and could not recommend that uh, enough to any of my friends and colleagues. But, uh, again, appreciate all that you do. Please keep it up. Hey, Lou, this is Greg Kite. I am uh, calling to say hello. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dom Sampagna, uh, told me uh, a lot about you. And um, here in your neighborhood up there in Windermere, Florida, just not far from Disney. So great to learn a little bit more about you and your, your podcast. I'd love to connect with you. Thanks, Lou. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi there, Lou. This is Andrea Lammers Pottage from way up in Alberta, Canada. I'm calling because today as I was doing some organizing of craft stuff and personal mementos that I had brought back from my family home in Wisconsin, I was listening to your latest podcast when you were talking about the Japan Pavilion. Uh, one of the first things I found as I was listening to your podcast was my old Epcot passport that I had gotten back in 1993. Uh, when I was in third grade, and so the whole thing stamped, all the stickers in there, and I absolutely loved it because I always loved walking around World Showcase, even when I was a little kid. And then I knew I needed to call once I was listening more and more into your Japan review about the whole pavilion because another great memory of mine was always going to the department store and watching the Pick a Pearl Lady. And as I got older, it was always me, my mom, and dad, only child to no brothers and sisters, but... When I was in the summer that I graduated or finished grade nine, we were staying at Beach Club, and my parents trusted me to kind of wander around on my own in Disney property because it's the one place where you really can feel safe on your own. And whatever they were doing, whether it was getting food or laying at the pool, I didn't want to do that with them at that point. So they let me just walk over to World Showcase for an hour and a half on my own. And all I did when I was over there after I went through the International Gateway was go to the Japan Pavilion, and I stood in the department store watching them do Pick a Pearl for about an hour long. So I don't think that trip I got a Pick a Pearl, but I had done it two other times since those trips as I got older. And now I may want to do a Pick a Pearl again when I'm down there in January for the Goofy Challenge during Marathon Weekend. So thanks again for the great show. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, it's Mel from Sarasota. I just finished a podcast about moments in history. I absolutely loved it. Um, I love your knowledge of the history, and your guests were great as well. I don't have the same knowledge of history, but I did hear a story about, I think, the opening of Walt Disney World, and Roy Disney was very choked up, and I understood that he was missing for a period of time and went on the ferry alone. And I would have loved to ride along and talk to him and see where his head at was at and what he was thinking. We can we can only imagine, of course, but what an incredible boat ride. Thanks for all you do. Bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. We built this city. We built this city.
an open course for the virgin sea. I think we're alone now. It doesn't seem to be anyone around. I think we're alone now. The beating of our hearts is the only sound. Everybody have fun tonight. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.